Hello and welcome to the Busby Lane podcast. Um, it's your boy Ugo, and welcome as we preview the game between Manchester United and Everton tomorrow. Uh, we'll take a look back at the the game over the weekend. Also, um, you know, just watching the highlights and rewatching the game and all of that is still very really exciting. But before we jump in, please, uh, for people who are celebrating Christmas, uh, people who are celebrating different holidays this season, I just want to wish you guys. Um, Merry Christmas, you know, Happy New Year in advance, um, Happy Holidays um, for everyone. Um, and I hope you're staying safe. I know that all over the world, it does seem like um, the cases are becoming a little bit worse. So there are more lockdowns, I believe, in the UK and, you know, in Canada and the US, of course, um, there are lockdowns. I think even in Nigeria, I, I did hear that there, there are rumors of lockdowns and things like that and in different parts of the world. So it's... Um, Probably not the best Christmas that you expected or not the Christmas that you wanted, but, um, you know, try and stay safe, you know, use the opportunity to call your, your parents, call your family, um, call your, your loved ones, your friends, you know, just reach out and, and, and enjoy it and, and try to keep a positive mindset. I know it's very difficult, but, uh, we all have to kind of pull through, you know, the vaccines are here where we're pulling through gradually. And, you know, I, I think everyone, no one, you know, is is in a position where they're not expecting a better uh, time next year. And, yeah, let's look forward to some some nice things next year. And hopefully um, we we will get, you know, back to the thing, the life that we know and the life that we love. And hopefully that's what happens next year. But for now, let's enjoy, um, you know, the Manchester United's progress. Um, it's been six wins in the last seven games. I think they topped the form chart at the moment. Um, it's it's beautiful to see. Um, of course, it's beautiful to see. Um, I picked up on three big teams um, in the game from Leeds. Um, still ecstatic about it. You know, I'm watching the, the those replays over and over again. Um, you guys know on this channel, I'm big on Scott McTominay. Um, you know, I recognize that he does have certain limitations. Yes. Uh, but in terms of efficiency, in terms of, um, you know, consistency, I would say that Scott McTominay is one of our most consistent players. You know, he's not in the team usually to be the creator, but he does his job very, very well. He, you know, we picked up on this last season. You know, we saw the game, for instance, against um, Leicester. I think that was, was it at home or away? I think it was home. He had one of the, f the first few games of the season where we beat Leicester 1-0 to a penalty. And, and that day, Scott McTominay, you know, kept um, Madison very, very quiet, you know, got him into even, I think, a card situation. I think Madison was tackling him and things like that and, you know, got a few fouls from him. And, and he's been doing that. He drives forward with the ball. He gets fouled. He doesn't make the risky passes that we expect um we've come to expect because of players like Pogba and Bruno and you know these players with the capability to do that but he does have a good range he can spray the ball he he did get a few assists last season I think this season he has also gotten some assists so he is giving you the output of what you know that box-to-box -box or defensive midfielder would give you um, I think it's a myth to expect your defensive midfielder or your box-to-box -box, uh, midfielder to give you t up to 10 goals a season. But, you know, he, he chipped in, I think, with four or five last season. You know, I remember the Club Bruges goal. And if you guys remember the Club Bruges goal last season, 
um, in the Europa League, you know, where he bent, he, he hit one also from the edge of the box, just like that. Um, the goal against Arsenal last season also, you know, smashed that one into the net. He scored against City last season as well. Um, he's come up big. He scored against Norwich. Um, I forget what other goals he scored. I think he scored up, up to five goals last season. I don't know exactly how many goals he scored, but he scored a few goals. And it's great to see a young player from the United Academy um, who has evidently started off as a striker, obviously, and as an attacking midfielder. So he does have good technique when it's, it comes to hitting the ball in terms of shooting or even giving some really having some depth touches, moving the ball. You know, he does have quick feet and things like that, you know, from play, his playing time in, in forward positions. But what Scott McTominay has been able to do is what, you know, you want most young players to be able to do and you want most players to be able to do. You, you should not define what position you are. You should be very, very adaptable. And that's what he's been able to accomplish. He's been able to be adaptable enough to uh, suit different positions. And that's why, you know, when, when he's asked to play as a centre-back, he slots in there and does a job for, for Scotland. Uh, when he's asked to play as a defensive midfielder, he, he comes back and he does the job as well. So I think, I think it's great to have players like that in your squad. Is a squad game as we're seeing this season we've rotated well and i think it fits into it's a really good segue into the three big things that i saw um from that game against leeds before we kind of talk about you know everton and what to expect i think the very first thing is squad selection i think squad selection was 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 great i think the use of the squad the rotation the way we are um, kind of bringing in players to play specific games you know kind of looking at it long term um, you know, Dan James has not played, for instance, in a while. He comes in to come and do a job. He knows he, he has his task is going to be a balanced attack, balanced defense type of thing. He has the ability to sprint. He has the ability to match the walk rate of the Leeds team. Um, and then you, you need to bring him in for that. And that's what he came in for. And, you know, I'm happy for him. He got his, his goal. Um, and then you, you've seen maybe a few times when he runs and makes maybe the poor decision. Like I see Bruno is always on him. And that's also something that, you know, I, I've been picking up on. Bruno is really hard on, on these, these these kids and he, he goes in and he tries to, you know, coach them and give them advice and give them, you know, instant feedback and try to help them to grow, which is a, re a huge, huge part. And I think that's what the, the biggest thing about his leadership capabilities for me is is that part. He, he's a communicator. He's someone who goes to people and talks talks about ideas and tries to get them going. But anyway, I mean, Scott and um, Daniel James came in and did, did the job. I've stopped watching um, previews from fan channels uh, because obviously what you're going to get is people reacting um, ignorantly, of course, um, when they see players that they don't like um, on the pitch. And the media doesn't help by um, insinuating that uh, one player has been dropped over the other versus, you know, using the squad. They complain when you don't use the squad. They complain when you use the squad. You know, it's you can't win, really. And I think the only way Manchester United can get out of the shadow of the, what the, media, the negativity of the media, negativity of some fans, negativity of these fan channels who are also profiting out of, um, you know, the despair is... It's really, it's really, it has, I think it has to come, it comes down to winning 
you know a trophy a, a major trophy once you do that you get some respect that's the respect liverpool is commanding right now and people will you know get off your back and focus on other people who, who might be more valuable to their cause um but at the moment i think what ole is doing in his squad management is great he's playing players at the right time playing you know we'll talk about that even when we talk about the everton game as well but playing the right players at the right time and you know and doing you know doing the right thing uh rotating the players and you know he, he felt like Pogba, you know didn't suit that game maybe because of the pace of it because of the physicality that's required because of the defensive awareness that's required to play the game you know because of how leads play so which which is something that we you know a lot of fans you know, oh you know put put players in the, in the in the team and and that's it that's it but we know that that's not the way it works you know you need to put the right combination you need to use the right people for you to achieve anything and i think that's that's something that we we can't take for granted in the way we um the way we 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 move forward um as a team so the second thing was really the the, the 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 tactical instructions and the tactical chess match of that game yesterday and i think a lot of people talk about tactics um i think when you're playing certain teams or when you're playing against certain philosophies or you know against certain managers who have you know a set way of doing things and who are really really good at getting the message across because bielsa evidently can set up just about any team to play great attacking football it's evident i mean when you watch his bilbao team the team that came to old trafford and beat us um you know then you watch you know the, this leeds team they are you know great at passing the ball they're great at one twos and switches and positioning it is it is a handful to play them from a defensive standpoint which is why you know it was a goal fest in the first game of the season with, with liverpool and you know they they have that philosophy now i i mean i do have some reservations about that approach because there's no pragmatism whatsoever associated with that approach the approach is quite arrogant i would say because it, it does assume that you will not get the ball from us we're always going to have access to the ball we're going to control this ball well enough to score way more goals than you will score that is the assumption the assumption you know there's no i don't think there's anything that suggests that they believe that if the ball is taking away from them you know in very very um risky positions or, or, or places on the pitch what might the opponent do to us if that happens i don't think that factors into the way they look at the game which is quite arrogant um in my opinion because i mean you know, you're playing against 11 players as well who have people of varying capabilities. Um, you know, you have people like Fred who would win the ball back or people like McTominay who, who can be physical. So if they rob Rafinha, like the first goal was Rafinha got, got dispossessed and that led to that that um, counter-attack where, where, where Scott McTominay was able to go in. And of course, so what Ole had to contemplate, one, personnel, getting the personnel right, making sure that the positioning on the pitch made sense uh, well enough to counter um, what Leeds is really good at. 
So you had you needed people who are defensively strong and defensively aware, people who could protect different spaces on the pitch, people who protect the back four as well from getting these guys running at them because, you know, in as much as the fact that they created a few chances, um, you know, they were crossing in a few in a few cases, but we, we, we denied them access as much as possible. That was what, you know, Ole was able to do with, with you know, with Fred and McTominay playing a huge role and even Dan James coming back to help in, in certain situations. So that that changes, you know, that, that means that, you know, we plan for it. We plan very, very well for it. And we're able to kind of capitalize on some of those mistakes and, and turn them into goals. I think we're one of the best counter-attacking teams in, in Europe at the moment, which is a great thing. Counter-attack uh, counter has a bad rep these days um, because everyone expects you to dominate possession and go and win games. Now, it is, in my opinion, I think you can look at these arguments in, in different ways and you can come up with different views on it. And, and, and so my view is that it is, you're playing against professional footballers, you're playing against footballers who are really good when you assess the opponent, um, your responsibility is not to say, well, I think my player should be able to do what I know that they, they, they're not good at. I know my players are not good at, you know, making passes, you know, those sort of passes, or at least it's not where we are at right now. But I know they can make passes. We've, we've, we have passages of play where we pass and go to the net when the opponent, you know, sits deep. There are certain situations where we've done that. But it doesn't always work because the other team is defending deeply and chances are that they, they practice that a lot and able to, to accomplish it, you know, sometimes. So, you know, yes, people can talk about having people, teams open. You should be able to just do that. Well, Man City, you know, has been scoring just one goal this season, uh, a game. <laughs> you know, they've not been blowing teams away with goals the way they used to because people are learning how to sit deeper. So when you look at the statistics about... You know, playing against deep t teams that are sitting deep, you would see, you know, that it's not that easy. But everybody tends to make it seem like, oh, you know, you should be able to do it. But what you can control is when a team opens up the space, you can't be passive about it. You can't say, well, when 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 a team tries to attack me, that's being arrogant as well. That that's essentially being arrogant if you're not learning how to counter very very well. So learning how to counter attack is a very very huge skill in every sport in every sport i i watch a lot of basketball and the best players the best basketball players are, two, are what you call two-way players they can attack they can be defend they can defend equally and if you can do both if you're you know the the current best player in the in, in nba is also the defensive player of the year and that tells you everything you need to know about you know the sport and if you apply that same lens to, to to football you can you can get those same same sort of you can see why it's very very important so if you understand how to defend because the reason why defend, and i say I, I say it a lot even on, on this channel like transition defending and transition is the hardest thing in any sport in basketball and football when you are running back to go and hold a defensive line or a defensive shape it is very difficult it is very difficult because the opponent is looking at your movement in real time and they can make random decisions or random moves or random runs that can take your shape out very easily when you're defending in transition it's quick it's fast and you know it, it is is an art <laughs> you know that was what feggy used to do that was what we we're really good at you know we weren't 
always dominating the possession. I mean, in some cases you will. I mean, there are certain teams that 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 give you, you know, you know, the opportunity to dominate possession because they're sitting too deep, and you keep probing until you find a way to score. And we've been scoring those teams as well. I mean, with the exception of West Brom, that was one one nil. You know, we've been scoring. And, and you know, in fairness to Chelsea and Man City, they did the same. They came set sat back and sat deeply. They're good good teams, so you can't really win them. You know, people still moaned about that, but. If you really think about it, you know, if you can't win a team, um, you, you know, if you can't, if, if a big team like City and, and Chelsea uh, coming in and sitting deep and understanding the threat of your counter, that, that is credit to you. Because, you know, if, if counter was so easy, everyone should be able to do it. You know, it, it the reason why United is able to counter is because they, they have the players to do it. They have the skill to do it and they have the ability to, to execute it. Uh, down to a T whenever they whenever you leave spaces behind and, and that's a mark of a good team so let's go easy on the whole all counter versus you know our, our team is not the highest in terms of scoring counter-attacking goals it's something that every team does Liverpool does it if you you know you, you're very it's, it's very dangerous when you have a corner against Liverpool because they will counter you City does it everyone does it I mean you can't just say, but United is really good at it. They're one of the best at it. <laughs> and that's not something to be excited about. You know, Real Madrid won, won various Champions League and various um, league titles by being counter-attacking teams as well. They were not necessarily dominating the ball and stuff like that, as people might choose to believe. But anyways, um, yeah, I think I think Ole outclassed um, Bielsa. I think Bielsa probably outclassed himself too, or did not necessarily give himself a chance by by being um, arrogant or being um, I don't know what it was or naive. I don't know which one, but I'm leaning more towards arrogant because I feel he 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 believes that his team is so good that they wouldn't lose the ball in dangerous places, and that's that's really arrogant. Anyways, but yeah, um, so those were things. The, the, that was the second one, you know, the tactical masterclass from, from Ole. And then the, the third thing that, that really caught my eye yesterday was physical conditioning. Um, Leeds is one of the best teams in the league when it comes to uh, their con- conditioning. And, you know, they were great. Um, they, 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 we were great at matching that physicality. And I think that, that's something to be uh, really, really excited about. So let's go deep into... Uh, let's go into Everton and see what is that game going to look like now. I think I just heard the the presser and and and, and got some team news and stuff, and it, it does seem like Aaron Wan Bissaka and Scott McTominay are, are not going to be available because Scott picked up um, a knock. I think it was a groin injury or something like that. Uh, you know, during that game, uh, we could see him hobbling off, and you know, they didn't look good. Groins are usually two to three week things but hopefully it's not that bad and hopefully he is able to come back in the you know and be you know in the in the rotation for for the game against Leicester because I think that's another game where we need him but the good thing is that now we have you know squad depth to a reasonable extent so you know you can bring in Pogba you can bring in Van der Beek and you can bring in Matic into that game into that game against um, Everton without actually losing sleep. I mean, it would be a game where you need to rotate anyways. You need to bring in other players to play. You need to um, find ways. I mean, you know, it, it, it's... The, the League Cup is a great cup to win. 
um, no doubt. But it's not, I don't think it's a priority for United. I think United wants to win something, which is great, but it's not a priority uh, for us to win this one. So, um, yeah, I would say, you know, that, that would be my midfield three. Um, you know, I don't know if there's any academic graduates you want to bring in, maybe in midfield, some legs, you know, just to, to help out. Um, you know, if you want to do that, that would be great. But if not, you know, I, 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 you know, you can go with Pogba, um, you can go with Pogba, Matic and Van der Beek. You can go with Matic, Van der Beek and even Mata, maybe. I'd address Bruno, of course. I'd, you know, I'd give him the day off. You know, he could be on the bench or something, but I'd give it both him and, and, and Marcus some time off. And even, even Marcel probably give him some time off um and then up front you go with cavani um probably under you know maybe a second game for daniel james i don't know maybe lingard i don't know how lingard is going to perform being out uh, for a while so you know it's tough to say with lingard but um i can see for you know if you bring in cavani on the left on the as a striker bring in greenwood on the right um and possibly you have, um, you know, either Daniel James or Lingard, or Lingard, sorry, from, from the left. And I think that should do it. That should be fine. Um, the back line, I think it would have been great. I don't know how fit Baye is, but it would have been great if Baye and Twan Zebe would come in and, and play that role so we can give both Victor and Harry some rest. Um, that would be my preference. And then you have... Uh, Brandon as right back because Aaron is not going to be playing and you have Teles as left back that that would be I mean it you know it's it doesn't it's not it's not a team that has played much um, together but it's a team it's a team that I think you know would have a chance um, of at, at getting something out of that Everton game um, but I, I don't think we should you know risk our our main players for this. I think we should rotate as much as possible. And also, we've not seen any academic graduates this year uh, in the team. Like, we've not seen the likes of Elanga, the likes of um, Mengi, all those guys from, from the under-23s that are doing well. Maybe it's an opportunity to, you know, give one of them a run out or something like that. That, that would be my thinking anyways. At least get, get some of them on the bench. Let's, you know, bring them on. To see, you know, see if what they got, right? That would be that would be amazing because it's it's a very very busy time for us, anyways. This time of the year, so you want to give people as much rest as possible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. Uh, we'll we'll be back to review the 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 match once it's done. Um, really excited to to be back doing podcasts. I've been really busy, so that's why I've not been able to do quite a lot of them, but. Um, moving forward, I'll endeavor to make sure that, you know, before a match and after a match that I put out some podcasts, you know, to talk about Manchester United is exciting. I mean, I think all of us, you know, we've been on this journey, right? We've been on, on this journey to get Manchester United back to where we think they should go to. And, and it's really, really exciting to, um, you know, to have that, you know, to have it happen. You know, you know, we're seeing it in real time. We're seeing the exciting things are happening around Manchester United and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, to a, to a great 2021. Um, and, and I hope we're able to, to win the game, uh, tomorrow and, and move and look forward to Leicester because get, getting Leicester would be amazing. Like if we, if we, if we were to win Leicester, then 
that's us putting, you know, the distance between, you know, one of our rivals, um, you know, putting three points there and, and you know, or clawing through three points back. I think they're they are above us actually. So that's a very, very big game. That's second versus third. Um, that's going to be a very, very big game on, on Boxing Day, I believe. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting for sure. It's, I, I, I'm I'm super excited about uh, what what the future holds. Um, let's let's enjoy enjoy it while it lasts. Um, and one more thing, I should say, please, we are not in a title race. Let's not put that kind of pressure or disappoint or set ourselves up for that kind of disappointment. The Liverpool team is really really good. Uh, we should accept that they've put in the work. They've gotten to the point where they are. They are the best team in England at the moment. Probably one of the best in the world. They can control the game. They have ton of quality, and they have they're really well drilled. So let's let's not get that twisted, you know, in any in any way. Um, yes, you know, this season is different. You know, they're not going to run. They may not run away with it, but it's already looking like if there's someone to run away with it, it could be them. So let's you know stay in our lane and know. Let's let's do as 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 well as we can this season that without getting too ahead of ourselves let's do the best that we can this season and see where we finish and if we finish with a better point total if we finish with better results if we finish seeing uh if we finish and and, and we see improvements in our players and and see improvements in our play and our performance and things like that that is what the goal is at the end of the day for any team that is building to become the best you don't just become the best, you, you build towards it. And, and that's really why it's important that as fans, we play our own role as well by not heaping too much pressure on these young players, you know, expecting them, you know, putting this title sort of mindsets is just pressure. And they, and they don't need that pressure. They're not in a title race. They are just playing the best football that they can and they just keep going. So anyways, um, you guys are amazing. Um, looking forward to um, more podcasts in the year, and and, and actually, uh, you know, setting up the website also to have you know some content there, some write ups I want to do, and also you know I have a YouTube channel that that is coming up where I, I you know I intend to really put out some content as well, you know, some football, um, you know, chats as well and stuff like that, you know, bring you different people from different clubs and talk. So I'm looking forward to some cool cool things in the coming new year and. Um, I'll look to make sure that you guys have access to all of that. Thanks for listening and have a good one. Cheers.